male voice choir for coming. That, that was tremendous. Praise the Lord. The Lord richly bless you tonight and thank you for your ministry. Before the Reverend McCray comes, I just want to remind you that there's supper for everybody so you don't have to rush home, boil the kettle, make your own tea. If you'd like to stay and have a bit of fellowship, meet the choir, talk to one another, please feel free to do so. Thank you. I must confess I could have done without singing tonight because our brethren were here to do that and I wanted to come and be a part of the mission and it's certainly lovely to have them uh, once again. But Take me back to the old fashioned
upon my heart there is a burden for lost souls who gone straight can you hear the Savior calling burden of my heart tonight that you'll not go home tonight unsaved. I want you to turn your Bibles with me please in the book of Luke's gospel in the chapter number 12. That's the 12th chapter of the book of Luke's gospel. I want to read some verses from God's precious and God's holy word tonight. Pray that the Lord will just write his word upon each and every one of our hearts as we come to meditate upon God's infallible truth. That's Luke's gospel. And the chapter number 12, and we're going to turn to verse number 13. And let's just read some verses from God's truth here. 
Speak to my brother that he may divide his inheritance with me. And Jesus said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? And he said, Take heed. Beware of covetousness, for a, a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things which he possesseth. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will put down my barns, and I'll build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thy knees, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself, but is not rich toward God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank thee for this opportunity to gather around thy word tonight. Lord, I pray that thou will help me to be faithful to thee in the proclamation of thy truth. I pray that you'll help me to rightly divide the word of truth tonight. That nothing I would say, Lord, would, O oh God, take away from the solemnity of this place and this moment where men and women stand on the very verge of eternity. Some without Christ, and therefore without hope. Lord, I pray that thou will fill me tonight with thy Holy Spirit, that thou will take control of my lips, that this body will be yielded completely to thee, that thou will have thy way in this meeting for Jesus' sake. Amen. It's the final Friday night, or the final week night of our gospel mission. And I was seeking the face of the Lord, and I was asking the Lord, even during the night hours, Lord, what do you want me to concentrate on? What do you want me to preach? Last night, we spoke upon the solemn, solemn subject of what it is to die in your sin, to go to hell, and be lost for all eternity. But the Lord, I said, Lord, what word, what's the word that you want me to speak? And you know, God said one word. Full. Full. And I thought about that, and I must be honest, I said, Lord, that's a strange, that's a strange thought, that's a strange word. And then God directed me thought, because you know, the Bible has a lot of things to say about fools. For example, let me show you. Turn to the book of Proverbs just for a moment. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 14, it says in verse number nine, it says, fools. Make a mock at sin. It's only a fool, the Bible says, makes a mock of sin. Now, we live in a world where people want to be entertained. And we're quite honest, quite a bit of the entertainment industry and the, the jokes of this world are about sin. And, of course, men and women are laughing at sin. But the Bible says, the Word of God says, pure wisdom 
And it tells us here, fools make a mock a sin. In actual fact, another translation of that is, sin makes a fool of he that is his victim. And that's true too. Sin makes a fool of men and women. And yet men and women laugh at it. They make it, they make as if it is something that is laughable instead of something that is serious. The word of God reminds us very clearly that sin separates between us and God. The Bible tells us that sin deceives men and women into thinking that they're all right, that they don't need God or they don't need God's salvation. Sin defiles a man and pollutes his heart. Sin destroys a man and damns him in a Christless and unending eternity. But Bible says here, but fools make a mock of sin. It's only a joke. But friend, let me tell you, sin is not a joke. For the Bible says sin when it is finished. In other words, when it comes to the last day, when a man has sinned all that he can sin of his life, and he has handed his life over to sin, and then it comes to the end, it says sin when it is finished bringeth forth death or eternal separation from God. Friend, that's not a joke. Then the Bible says something else. Turn to Proverbs chapter 15. And in Proverbs 15 and verse number 5, it says, A fool despiseth his father's instruction, and he that regardeth reproof is prudent. And the word there, despiseth, means scorns or rejects or treats with contempt his father's instruction. Now, I know today that, and you know, whenever you're a young person, believe it or not, I used to be. And you know, whenever you were talking to some of the older generation, and I know today that whenever you start to tell the, old genera- the young generation what it used to be, my, you can see their eyes rolling in their heads. And, oh, there it is again. There he goes again. That was the old days. And friend, they don't want instruction. Because they don't believe they need it. Because we live in a generation that feels they know it all. And the sad reality is this, just like the prodigal. No matter what the father said to the prodigal about the far country, the prodigal didn't want to know it. He was not willing to listen to the father's instruction. I have no doubt whatsoever that the father begged him not to go into the far country. He warned him about what was out there in the far country. He warned him about the harlots of this world. He warned him about the sins of this world. He warned him about the places of the entertainment of this world. But he didn't want to know. He didn't listen to his father's instruction. No, he rejected it. You know what happens? You learn the hard way. And I'll tell you something, young fella, and I'll tell you this, young lassie, in this meeting tonight. I want to tell you, you see the world out there, they'll not be as soft on you as what the family is. That's a hard world out there. But the sad reality is this, the fool, the Bible says, the fool despiseth his father's instruction. And he has to, by experience, Learn the hard way. Have you ever said to a child, and there's a, there's a fire there, and you say to the child, now don't put your hand in the fire, you'll get burned. Now I tell you, don't do it. And the wee one just grows closer and closer. And then finally, the child somehow, it draws them to it, and they have to put their hand on it. But you know, they get burned. Didn't I tell you? 
But no, friend, they wouldn't listen. They had to get burned. And I tell you this, that's exactly what the devil will do, friend. The devil wants to burn you. And he wants to burn you in hell forever. But the Bible says, the fool despiseth his father's instruction. Then turn to Proverbs chapter 28. And Proverbs, I'm only just touching this because we'll move on in a few moments. But Proverbs chapter 28, look down at verse number 26. It says, he that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. He that trusts his own heart is a fool. Now, why would it be that? Why would that be so? Because the Bible says, and God knows better about the heart of man. It says the heart of man is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And if you're trusting in your own heart, and there are men and women tonight, and they are trusting in their own hearts to get them to heaven. And no matter what they hear about Jesus Christ as the only way that somehow man will trust in his own heart and he says, well, I'll do the best I can and I'm going to make it my way to heaven. Only to find out that the door of heaven is closed to man's ways. And hell's doors open. But the word of God says, he that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. But Proverbs also says, trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Proverbs 3, verse 5. Lean not on thine own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Then if you turn to Psalm 14 just for a moment, there's another statement about the fool. In Psalm 14, in verse number one, it says, the fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. Now you say to me, that speaks about the atheist fool because the man looks at God's creation. My, you look at the beauty of earth and you look at the wonder of God's creation and yet man says, there is no purpose behind it. It's somehow all happened as an accident. It was all an accident. It was all a big bang. The Bible says the fool has said, it's hard. There's no God. And you say, well, that's what it says there. And if you turn to Psalm 53, you'll notice in Psalm 53, it just says the very same thing. Verse 1, the fool hath said in his heart, there's no God. You see, men and women don't want to believe there is a God because they fear they're answerable to God. And they don't want any restriction on their lives or their sin. I can do what I want. And in the book of Judges, says every man did that which is right in his own eyes. And that's the age that we're still living in, friend. People said, no man has a right to tell me what to do. Society has no right to say, I cannot do these things. There should not be laws that put restriction upon my behavior because I should be able to do whatever I want to do because I'm my own God. That's what the devil promised Eve. In the garden. He says, you know, if you take that fruit, Eve, you'll become your own God. 
you'll become as God. In other words, you'll be the master of your own life. But there was a problem. It was a lie. And the devil, Jesus said in John chapter 8, 44, the devil's a liar. And he's the father of it. But the sad reality is this. Men and women love his lies. Because it says, do whatever you want. But don't forget this, friend. There's a price tag on every sin. There's a price to be paid. The wages of sin. The price of sin is death. But the fool says in his heart, there is no God. But just take a look at your Bible again, friend, at that verse. Or the two verses, Psalm 53, verse 1, Psalm 14, verse 1. And you'll find that there are two words in italics. And that means that they were put in by the translators to give the flow of meaning. Now let's read the verse again. The fool hath said in his heart, and the two words are, there is, is in italics. Now just take them out. What is the fool saying in his heart, friend? No. God. He's saying no to God. And if you're unsaved in this meeting tonight, let me tell you, that's exactly how you're living. You have lived your life saying no to God. God has offered you salvation in his son and through the cross work of Jesus Christ who shed his precious blood, who died that we might be redeemed, who died to save us, who died to take us to heaven. And man says in his heart, the fool, no, God, I don't need your son. I don't want your son. Well, you say, I agree with you, preacher. That would be a fool. But I've never said that. I didn't say you have to speak it, friend. That's how you're living. Because God says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And in all your life, the Savior has been standing outside the door of your heart. Sin has been on the throne of your life. And the Lord Jesus Christ is able and willing and ready to save. A God ready to pardon. And Jesus says, I'm standing at the door of your life and I'm knocking. When you stand at anybody's door and knock, friend, where are you? You're on the outside. What are you looking for? You're wanting the door to open. You want to get in. And Jesus says, I'm standing outside your heart, sinner. And for some of you have been there 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years, or even more. And you've never let him in. Now, you didn't have to say a word. You just lived it. You've sat in gospel meetings like this before, realizing that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is a God ready to save you. But you've walked out of those same meetings unsaved, unconverted, unrepentant, 
And in reality, you were saying in your heart, you see, that's what the word says. The fool has set in his heart. Doesn't have to come from the lips. But you said in your heart, night after night, mission after mission, sermon after sermon, you've said no to God. Do you know what God calls that person? A foe. A foe. Who one day will meet God. And yet he's without Christ. The only way to God. Now the Bible tells me we have only time to mention these tonight because time has, has quickly gone. But in 1 Samuel 26, in verse 21, there's a man, he was a king. You called him Saul. Now Saul had a faithful servant. He was a shepherd boy who remember faced Goliath. He delivered Israel from the bondage of the Philistines. But Saul hated him. Saul thought that that David had stolen away the hearts of the people from, from him. And that the people were looking upon David as the favorite son of Israel now. And so we find the jealousy come in. And so therefore Saul wanted rid of David. Yes, David had faced Goliath. Yes, David had fought battles for Israel. Yes, David had conquered the Philistines in many a a battle. But now Saul wants rid of him. And he hounds him. He chases him. He seeks to kill him. David is a fugitive. God gives David the opportunity. Yes, the opening for to destroy Saul. But he realizes that Saul is the anointed king of Israel. And he dare not put his hand against the Lord's anointed. And so therefore, he spurs his life. And in the 26th chapter of the book of 1 Samuel, once again, God opens up a door, an opportunity. With David, there's a person called Abishai. One of his soldiers was with him. And they make their way to where, where Saul and his men were in a deep sleep. Now, the Bible says that God gave them a deep sleep. And so therefore they were lying here in the trench and David comes to the very spot where where Saul is lying there and Saul's spear is in the ground. It's dug into the ground and there's a water jar beside him and the booster is there. And David's standing at the very side of Saul. I bet you I says to him, David, kill him. Let me take his sword. Let me take that spear and let me drive it into him because God has delivered him into your hand. Now's the time to do it and you're rid of him. David said, touch him not. He's the king of Israel. And I will not put my hand against the Lord's anointed. But David says, take his spear. Take the water jar. And come with me. 
And David went up onto another hill overlooking to where Saul was lying. And David shouts out, Abner! Abner's lying beside Saul's side. He's his commander-in-chief, the protector of Saul. But he's lying sleeping too. And he shouts out to Abner. And Abner awakes. And David recognizes the voice and he says, Who is it? Is that thou my son David? By the hypocritical words of Saul, my son David. And him trying to kill him. And David said, Yes, it is. But why are you hunting me? Why are you following me and chasing me like a fugitive over the hilltops? I've been faithful to you, Saul. I could have killed you. Here's your spear. Here's your water jar. But I didn't do it. You know what Saul said? In 1 Samuel 26, verse 21, he said this. I have played the fool. And I've heard exceedingly. I played the fool. He said, I've sinned. And dear unsaved person, that's exactly how you're living. You're living in your sin and you're playing the fool. Now David knew that one day God would remove Saul and that he would be king in Israel but he awaited God's time he didn't take it out of God's hands he didn't try to run ahead of God friend. no, he waited God's time and Saul cried out he said I have sinned I have played the fool and shortly after that, on Mount Gilboa, Saul fell on his own sword and died. He went to a suicide's grave, the mighty king of Israel. You see, you can't mock God and prosper, friend. You can't play around with the sins of this world and play around with the things of this world and think that somehow you will never be burned. Because the word of God says, be sure your sin will find you out. And there came the moment in Saul's life, he cried out, I have sinned. He asked David to forgive him. He says, I have played the fool. But listen to me, he went back to playing the fool. It sounded good. But David did not go back to Saul because he knew that Saul's heart wasn't changed. And friend, that's what you need tonight. It's a changed heart, a new heart. And there's only one can do that miracle, and that's the miracle of God's grace. That's why you must be born again. 
born of God. Your natural birth made you a sinner. But thank God, spiritual birth will make you a child of the King. Amen. He said, I've sinned. Are you playing the fool tonight? Is that how you're living, playing the fool? That somehow you think that God Almighty doesn't see your sin, that God doesn't know your heart, that God somehow is going to overlook the way that you're living, and God's going to let you go on and go on and go on. Let me tell you, God hands a man over to a sin. Yes, that's true. He says, you want it, you can have it. But remember, there's a price to pay. And the end of Ross hell. For all eternity. What an awful thing to come to the end of the journey, friend, and say this over your life. I played the fool. I was the devil's fool. And I heard exceedingly. Very quickly, turn to Second Samuel chapter 3. And in Second Samuel chapter 3, in the verse 33, you remember I mentioned Abner? Now Abner was with Saul, but now Saul's dead. There came a time that Abner took Saul's son, Ishbosheth, and made him king. But that was for two years. And then Ishbosheth and, and, and Abner, they fell out. Abner said he was falsely accused. And so he fell out with Ishbosheth, and then he turned to David. David was in Hebron. It was a city of refuge. Before this, we find that there was a, a, a battle that was going on. It started with fun. We haven't time to go into it now, but it all started as a game. Then Abner's soldiers and Joab, who was David's captain, they, they were around a pool one day and they started a little game but sad to say it ended up with tragedy because Abner killed Joab's brother Asiel. And Job's now paying for the blood of Abner. And then Joab hears that, that, that Abner has come to David in Hebron. And David has, has been offered by Abram that he's going to follow him, that he's going to turn the people of Israel on to King David. And so therefore he goes away. Somebody tells Joab about this meeting between David and Abner. Joab comes into the presence of the king. He says, you know, he's only spying out the land. He's not your friend. He doesn't love you. He doesn't care about you. David, he was willing to forgive Abner. Abner made his way back to the city, Hebron, where David was again. And as he was just about to go in through the gate of the city, Job says, Abner, Abner. Something to tell you. 
And Abner, if he had been inside the city of Hebron, one of the cities of refuge, he couldn't have been touched. He could not have been slain. But he stepped just at the gate outside the city. One step. And Abner, Joab puts his arms around him, but unknown to him. He had a dagger in his other hand, and he, under the fifth rib, and you know what that was? Into the heart. That was the very spot. He drove the dagger into his heart. And Abner fell dead. <coughs> David followed Abner to the grave one day. And he cried. And this is what he said. Died Abner as a fool died. What an awful epitaph, friend. What an awful end to this mighty soldier. He died a fool. Why? Because he knew the law of the avenger of blood. He knew that God said there was a place of refuge. And he was just at the gate. but not inside. Listen to me carefully. In the days of Noah, there was the ark. And God said to Noah, come in. And Noah stepped inside to God. And God shut the door. And those outside were lost. Now, friend, there's only one way to heaven tonight. Let me tell you clearly. And Jesus Christ, God's Son, is the only way to heaven. And except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You can be religious. You can be baptized, you can be confirmed, you can be catechized, you can say your prayers, you can read your Bible, you can go through all the rites and rituals of denomination after denomination, friend. But there's none of those of themselves will take you to heaven. Not one of them. Only Jesus. And if you're out of Christ... You'll be outside of heaven and shut up in hell. He was so near. Another few inches and he was in. And is it not true that there are people tonight in this meeting and you have sat in gospel meetings almost persuaded. But you're lost. And you die a fool. Now in the first one, it was a king said concerning himself. He says, I have played the fool. In the second one, 
We have a king saying it about Abner. He died of him. But the passage we read tonight was what Jesus said about a man. The man who had got everything that money could buy, friend. In actual fact, he was so prosperous, he didn't know what to do next and where was he going to put all his fruit and all his goods. And then he said to himself, he says, this will I do. He says, I'll pull down my barns and I'll build greater and I'll say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. It's all planned. Many years. Have your fun. Have your pleasures. And God looked over the parapet at glory and God said, Thou fool, this night, thy soul should be required of thee. And he was lost. Friend, is this you tonight? Is that your condition before God? You're unseen. Yes, another mission's over. Sabbath day, the mission's over. This may be your last sermon. This may be your last meeting you'll ever sit in. Before Sunday comes, you can be out in God's eternity. But you're not ready. It's not that you don't know. It's not that you haven't heard. But you won't come to Christ. And some of the saddest words of all the scripture, and with this, friend, we're going to close. Some of the saddest words that Jesus ever uttered were these. Ye will not come to me that ye might have life. Ye will not come. And I asked you before God, is that what's written over your soul tonight? After all the gospel meetings, after all the gospel pleadings, after all the, the gospel appeals that the Lord will say concerned, ye will not come to me. You refuse. That ye might have life. And God to say, I fell. I fell. I'll guarantee you if you'd have went to that funeral service where that man was buried, let me tell you, you wouldn't have heard that from the pulpit. He probably was praised to the highest heavens. And yet while the preacher was saying it, he was in the lowest hell. He died a fool. The fool hath said in his heart. Is that what you're saying tonight? No. No, God. I don't want your salvation. I don't want your pardon. I don't want your son. 
I don't want his blood. I don't want your forgiveness. The fool has said in his heart, No to God. What are you saying tonight? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's outside the door of your heart tonight. If any man hear my voice and open that door, will you let him in? Or are you saying, No, God. Not me. May God save you, friend. I beg you, don't die in your sin. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, tonight we realize that it's a solemn thing to sit in a gospel meeting, to hear thy precious word. This day will be recalled again. This night will be recalled again. This meeting will be recalled again. If any man, any woman, God forbid, but if one goes out into eternity without you and dies in their sin, this meeting will stand before them at the judgment. When the preacher warned them of the tragedy of dying as a fool, rejecting Christ, rejecting God's salvation. Please, God, draw them to your Son. Bless the Spirit of God. Reveal to them tonight that Christ is the only way, the only door to heaven. Lord, save them. As our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, men and women, boys and girls, the meeting will be over in a second, but let me ask you, what's your answer? Will you go home and say it? Will you go home rejecting Christ and his salvation? Can't you hear the Savior calling? Now it's time. Ah, oh, sinner, listen. Don't go home tonight and say it. Will you? As our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if there's someone in this gathering tonight, you say, Preacher, God has spoken to my heart, and I realize I need the Lord Jesus as my Savior. I've been rejecting him. I haven't shouted out in any meeting, but I've walked out from many. I've walked away from the meetings, but I've been walking away from the Lord. But tonight, by God's grace, I come. I come to Christ. Preacher, point me to Christ. Maybe there's a backslider and you've gone away from the Lord, but the Lord's calling you back tonight. I beg you, please, in Jesus' name, come back. He loves you still. And just before we have the final prayer, dismiss the meeting.
Yes, you can have your tea and you're welcome for that. But friend, you have a soul to be saved. And if it's not saved, it's lost. What a tragedy to be lost forever. No hope. No saviour. No heaven. But hell. Forever. If there's one tonight, young person or older person, you say, preacher, point me to Christ. Mr. McLaughlin, point me to Jesus. We'd love to do that. Would you indicate that desire right now as God's people are praying? If there's a man, a woman, boy or girl in this service, you tonight say, preacher, I want to be saved. I want to be restored. Point me to the Lord Jesus tonight. Would you just lift that hand above your head that I'll see it, friend? Don't reject the Son of God. Is there one? Just as I am without one play. But that thy blood was shed for me and that thou bidst me come. Do you hear him tonight? Do you hear the Spirit pleading? Come to Jesus. Will you say, O Lamb of God, I come. We're here to help you. We're closing with a word of prayer, but please don't go away without the Lord. Speak to Mr. McLaughlin, speak to myself, friend. But don't go away without Jesus. Heavenly Father, this is thy word. The fool has said in his heart, No, no God. But, oh, God, I pray in Jesus' name, draw them. Draw them to Jesus. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Your anxious soul, don't go away without the Lord tonight. I pray that the Spirit of God will just write his word in your heart. The wise man considers his latter end. The wise man saved. May God bring you to himself for Jesus' sake.